This is a Holy Baptist Church podcast, bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome, lives are changing, and Jesus is King. Thanks for listening with us today. We would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us. But for now, we pray you enjoy listening for what God has in store for you in this episode, and that it helps change your life for the better, in Jesus' name. Enjoy. Well, good morning and welcome to Hawley Baptist Church Online. It's great to have you with us, whether you're uh, watching live now, Sunday morning, or whether you're catching up um, on YouTube. It's great to have you you with us. Finally got that out. (laughs) My name's Neil. I'm Jen. And um, yeah, uh, well, what's happening this morning? What's, um, what's what is up? happening? What is happening? We've got um, the final in our current series, Cost of Living series, which I think has been some really um, useful, practical series. Yeah. Because we're all struggling, I would imagine, well, most of us are struggling with cost of living. So this is about living generously, which I think probably we're all thinking is, is that easy to do when we're in a cost of living crisis is that quite a challenge to be generous so it'd be interesting to hear so martin's bringing that talk to us later and he's going to be talking about how we can live generously and that might be about materialism stuff but it might be about living generously generally so maybe about our yeah how we how we approach people how we are and stuff like that yeah it was a mark of the early church if um that people knew people were christians by the fact they lived generously and they were generous so um, there's a challenge. <laughs> um, yes, because so. yes, it would say that if, you know, if you've got two coats and you see somebody without a coat, then give your second coat to that person without a coat, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and they shared, yeah. they shared their possessions. Everything, didn't they? It's yeah, just all free-for-all. Yeah, if we, if we look at those things now, we think, oh, yeah, I might lend my neighbour my lawnmower, but... But yeah. I want it back. Yeah, so it's a quite a challenging concept so yeah, yeah. yeah. particularly in, in in times when times um are tough so yeah so it's interesting yeah. isn't it because some of us who belong to a church and if you belong to a church as well um we talk about tithing and giving 10 percent of our what we earn into into the church to support the church work and you think or, or into charity or whatever you do with that money and it's all just giving your money but actually that's the first thing that te- can tend to go mm-hmm. when you're feeling mm-hmm. the pinch mm-hmm. can't it you think well that's Absolutely. That's a nicety thing to do, yeah. but I need it. Yeah. I need it back yeah. for myself now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's see. It'll be interesting to see what Martin says. So we are on the last part of this series, Cost of Living. It was our May series. So we come to an end uh, this morning. Although, as Dad mentioned, this evening, eight o'clock on YouTube live, you can join myself, Phil, who preached last week, and Nigel from Cap, who preached the week before. And we're going to be talking around some of the things. Uh, that we picked up from uh, this series, and just going a little bit deeper, so you're very welcome to tune in on our YouTube channel uh, at 8. And hi to guys online, great to have you uh, with us. And uh, just to recap very quickly, so I started off the series looking at the idea that we, we want to be able to live free, live free from the worry and anxiety that this cost of living crisis that we are facing, the perfect storm that we are facing, how can we live free from anxiety, despite the fact that things are pretty rough for many of us. And then Nigel from CAP spoke to us, not only about CAP, the idea about living selflessly. How as we as church individuals can help others by being selfless in our life. And then last week, Phil spoke to us about the importance of living with margin. Living with a a bit of space in our finances, if things do go wrong, Hopefully, we've got a little bit of a a margin there to absorb some of the shock uh, from that. 
And really this morning, we're going to be looking at the uh, topic of living generously. And I want us to answer the question, what can I do, what can you do to help in this cost of living crisis? How can I make things a little bit less of a crisis for others? Now, last week, Phil did some, gave us, I really enjoyed Phil's sermon last week. He gave us some real practical advice. The whole series is supposed to be very practical. It's stuff that you can maybe go away uh, and will help you in this cost of living crisis. And he talked about the fact that maybe for some of us, we need to inc- decrease our standard of living in order to improve our quality of life. Decrease our standard of living to improve our quality of life. And he gave us this little formula, 10-10-80. We suggested that it would be beneficial to create margin in our life by giving away 10%. So if you're part of the church, you might be giving it to the church, but you might be giving it to charities. And we're going to be picking up a little bit on that this morning. Save 10% and live on the other 80%. That was kind of the formula uh, that he uh, gave us. And I found it really, really useful, some really useful practical advice. But, but, we are in a cost of living crisis. And therefore, the increasing reality is that for many of us, and maybe it's for you here, that no matter how much good advice you get about dealing with your finances, what comes in is not enough to cover what needs to go out. I was watching the BBC News uh, this week, and they were chatting to a Vicky Brownridge. Here we go. Uh, CEO of Step Change Debt Advice. And she said this, we are seeing an increasing number of people who once we have gone through the budgeting process with them, so kind of give them good advice about how do you budget and all this sort of stuff, there is nothing left to pay beyond their household bills. Or actually, they are in a negative budget situation. So they give them all this good advice, and they still cannot make ends meet. And she goes on to say, all different backgrounds, all different income levels, we are actually seeing more people already employed, already working full-time, where there is really no option to increase their income. They can't go off and work some more. The income does not meet their expenditure. And no amount of good advice and budgeting is going to help them in their situation. So how do we fill that gap between what they have and what they need? Well, I think the answer, and what I'm going to talk about this morning, is the answer is generosity. And we're going to talk about generosity. It's easy to think, well, this is the cost of living crisis. How can you be asking me to be more generous when what I have, when don't you know what, you know, I've got these bills and everything's more expensive? Well, actually, I would argue that now more than ever, we need generosity in order to help fill that gap, in order for you and me to help people facing a financial crisis at this time. So I have a question for you, and you don't need to answer it, but you can answer it in your heads. Are you a generous person? Are you a generous person? I have to admit, I'm not a particularly generous person. I struggle to be generous with what I have. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to be more generous. I'm trying to you know, think about being more generous. But it's not something that comes naturally to me. And I want to give you a concrete 
example of, of how, how this, maybe I'm different to my wife. My wife is upstairs in the live stream, so hi, Jen. Uh, my wife is a very generous person, but um, we've been married for 14 years, and ever since we got married, we had a, well, we still do have a joint account. So all our money we have goes into a joint account, and then everything comes out of that joint account. So we have exactly the same amount of money because we've got the same pool of money. But if we're going to have people round for dinner, or perhaps every now and then say, sure, should we have something nice for lunch? I always send my wife out to get stuff because she will come back with absolutely loads of stuff from Tesco, all these nice bits and pieces, awesome, nice selection of cheeses, awesome olives, awesome posh bread. If I went out, we'd have probably dried bread and a bit of jam. My wife is a lot more generous, not only to, to others, but also to us as well. The interesting thing is, she hasn't got more money than I have, unless she's got some secret stash somewhere that I don't know about. We are working with exactly the same pool of money, and yet when it comes down to it, she is a lot more generous than I am. If we're going to someone's for food, you know, if you go to someone's, you've got to kind of bring something with you, don't you? You don't have to, but it's kind of expected a bit. So I'll go, well, what's the minimum I can get away with? Always a packet of crisps that haven't been opened in the drawer. I'll take that. And some, this bottle of fizzy that we don't really like, that'll do. But then I'll stop off in the little waitrose on the way and get some nice bits and pieces. My wife is more generous than I am. You see, when it comes down to it, whether or not you are generous has got very little to do with what you have. It's a lot more to do with how you think. Me and my wife are the same. We just think very differently. And what I want to just tell you this morning, and to see if you can take this on board, when we're talking about generosity, wealthy people are not generous. Do you know who works who's generous? Generous people. Wealthy people aren't generous. Generous people are generous. In some ways, it doesn't matter how much you have. Generosity is a mindset. And some of you might be sitting there thinking, well, actually, you know, I am a generous person, but just not at the moment. At the moment, things are not ideal. The situation isn't quite right. So I'm going to be generous when I've got money. I'm telling you now, if you're sitting there thinking that, it's unlikely you're going to be generous when you've got enough money to be generous. Because your mindset wouldn't necessarily have changed. Generosity is to do with your mind, not with what you have. So we're going to be looking at some practical ways in which maybe we might have had a shift our mindsets a bit. But we're going to look at a passage uh, in the Bible. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 8. The words are going to appear on the screen. And uh, this is a letter written by um, Paul, one of the early church leaders, to a church in Corinth. Corinth is in sort of central to South Greece. Uh, it's a big, vibrant um, city. And um, he's writing to this church about many things, but he's, on chapter 8, he's talking about one specific thing. Because you see, in the time of the writing of this, during the time of Emperor Claudius, there was this famine taking over the whole place. It was a cost-of-living crisis uh, for, for many people. And it hit loads of people really hard, but it particularly hit the Judean Christians, the Christians who were living in Israel, who were particularly poor and really struggling with this famine. So they set up a relief fund where the richer Christians send money to the Judean Christians. And what's really interesting, which if you know anything about biblical history, is that this were non-Jews, what they called Gentiles, giving money to 
Jews, which was completely unheard of. And um, what Paul does, he uses a strategy here. He tries to encourage a church in Corinth to give to this fund by telling him about the wonderful church in Macedonia, which is in northern Greece, about how great they've been in giving their money. This is what he says. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. So Paul's saying here, this isn't just the churches in Macedonia um, deciding they're going to give money to these poor Judean Christians. He's saying this is God working through them. He goes on to say, what guys church about? They are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor. So okay, so this church in Macedonia is not rich by any stretch. They've just hit another bout of persecution, so they've been picked on, maybe even being murdered because of their faith. And also, in terms of finances, they're, hit, they're facing their own cost of living crisis as well. They are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which is hope overflowed into rich generosity. So despite their poorness, despite their persecutions, despite all the difficulties they are facing... They have one, they have an abundant joy, and two, that has overflowed into rich generosity. Let's just unpack that a little bit. You see, Paul goes on. He says, for I can testify, I can say to you, I've seen it with my own eyes, that they, haven't, they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own fear, free will. No one forced them to do this. They begged us again and again, for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. See, this is a little bit... I, I can't, with my non-generous mindset, I find this a bit of a struggle to comprehend that someone that's struggling so much, that someone who's so poor, not only have they given to charity, which is what they've done, basically, but actually they've given more than they could even afford so you may never say, oh, I can't afford, really afford to give to charity or just give a little bit. But actually, they did even more than they could afford. And they did it with joy. And they begged to be able to help out with these people that were struggling <coughs> so much. See, for them, it was a duty to give. They felt as Christians they had to give to help the church. But actually, it was far more than that. They felt a joy because they knew how generous God had been to them. They knew how much God had loved them, how much God had accepted them, how much God had transformed their life. And their response for that was rich generosity, wanting to give financially to others. See, Martin Luther, who um, about 500 years ago church started the Church Reformation, if you are interested in that, look it up. I'm not going to go into what it is now. But he's, he said this. Let me skip that one. There are three conversions necessary for a Christian life. There's three things that need to change, be converted, if you become a follower of Jesus. Conversion of the heart. So something happens inside you emotively within you. Something of the mind. So you start thinking differently. We're going to be talking a little bit about that this morning. But also the conversion of the purse. And it's often the last thing that gets converted. And I think I can give dutifully to the church, I can give dutifully 
to charity? But do I give joyfully to others? Do I beg to have the privilege of rich generosity to others? See, these people in Macedonia, these followers of Jesus, had been converted, not only in their heart, not only in their mind, but also in their finances as well. They truly discovered, as it says in Acts 20, that you're far happier giving than getting. Far happier giving than getting. And they were not limited by what they had because they had been transformed by God. They'd been transformed by God's spirit working in their hearts and their minds and their wallets. So how do we change the way we think? How do we get a shift in our, our minds Set Because I don't want to be limited, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be limited in what God can do for me and what God can do through me because my mind is not in the right place in anything, including my finances. Well, our first one I want to talk about, we're going to do three mind shifts quickly. Mind shift number one. We need to shift from not enough to more than enough. We need to shift from not enough, I haven't got enough, to actually I've got more than enough, therefore I can be abundantly generous with what I have. See, so many of us, and I'm included, think, well, I haven't really got enough money, and I haven't really got enough time, and I haven't really got enough resources, so I need to hold on to them tight, because surely mathematically, if I give some of it away, then I'm going to have even less, and I'm already struggling with that. See, the reality is there are some people who are living on benefits who do not have enough. There are some people who are living on the minimum wage who don't have enough. There are some people who are living on £30,000 a year who do not have enough. There are some people living on £100,000 a year who do not have enough. Not enough is not an amount. It's a mindset. Not an enough, it's not an amount, it's a mindset. And I would challenge you to, uh, to ask to test God. I would challenge you to test God because, really, when it comes down to money, this is a trust exercise. Now, let me just say I started at the beginning saying some people's finances don't add up. I'm not asking you if you're in negative equity or negative budget or whatever to suddenly think, well, I'm just going to give all my money away. That doesn't make sense. We want, I'm talking about those of you who do have some margin in your life to think, how can I give generously so that people that haven't got margin, that gap can be filled? Does that make sense here? I'm not asking you to give away all the money you've got which you haven't got. Let's just make that clear. But I would encourage all of you, if you can, to test God because God's maths is different to our maths. God's maths is different to our maths. We go, if I take away, I have less. If I give away, I have less myself. God's maths says, if you give it away, I will give you even more. God's maths is different because you cannot outgive God's. Time and time again, and you will probably be able to talk to people here, maybe they'll be able to share their testimony with you about how they have given and they've never run out. Because God has always blessed them in return. Because God wants to work through you. He wants to give through you. And God wants to be generous to you so you can be generous to others. That's the whole story of the Old Testament with God working through 
a bunch of people called the Israelites. He says, I'm going to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others, not keeping it and hoarding it to yourself. We cannot outgive God, so why not test God's maths? Now, mindset number two. Now, a little practical demonstration. Put your hand up if you love chocolate. I mean, absolutely love chocolate. Okay. Okay. Sarah, would you mind coming up here for a moment, please? Because I want to give you some chocolate. Yeah, I want to give you some chocolate. Sarah, I have two whispers here. Okay. One is for you. One is for you to give to someone else. Okay. So there you go. Could you, who put your hand up? You love chocolate. Okay. Why don't you pick someone with their hand up to go and give them a chocolate to? Anyone will do. There we go. So you're given that. Right, Sarah, what have you got there? That spoilt my illustration. <laughs> Give it to Josie. And I've got another one for you. You ruined that. <laughs> See, the truth is, unless you're Sarah, the truth is, there we go. Oh, we're all lovely Christians here. No, we're not. Uh, the truth is, it's easy to give when it's not your money. It's easy to give when it's not your chocolates. It's easy to give away which is not yours to start with. When it's ours, it suddenly becomes a lot, lot harder to give it away. And our mind shift that we need to move from, in mind shift number two, is from my resources to God's resources. From my resources to God's resources. There's a bloke, well, there was a bloke called King David, who um, famous for slaying Goliath with a stone and a sling. And he became, he wasn't king at the time, but he became a king. And he was tasked, or he tasked himself with raising funds for his son Solomon to build a temple for God. And he managed to raise a tremendous amount of gold and silver and all the different things they needed to, needed to build. It's a wonderful um, temple to God. And he says this in 1 Chronicles, it's found in the Old Testament. 1 Chronicles is like a, the history book of the Jewish nation. He says this, this is David, King David speaking. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? He says, everything comes from you. He's talking about God. Everything comes from God and we have given to God only what comes from your hands. See, God, David has recognized, as have all those people given hugely generously to the building of God's temple, that everything they have has come from God. They have moved from my resources to God's resources. At the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve are in the garden, God says to them, I've made all this creation, I've made you stewards. I've put you in charge, given you authority over everything I have. You want to be good stewards. And for you, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're not a follower of Jesus, it's up to you what you do with your money. But if you are a follower of Jesus, you made that decision to be a follower of Jesus. And that's just recognizing in your life that everything I have, technically it isn't mine. It's been given to God. Now, God is hugely generous. He's been hugely generous to me. And I need to move from that, I need to shift to think, actually, God's given me everything, and therefore, he's not asking me to give away everything, but he does want me to use those things that I have to bless others, to be richly generous, just like that church in Macedonia was. We want to shift from my resources to God's resources. 
Third and final mindset as we come into an end. It says these uh, words. So we go back to our, our passage in 2 Corinthians. And uh, I said that Paul was trying to persuade the church in Corinth to give to this relief fund by telling him how amazing the church in Macedonia was. But he says this, here is my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Because the reality is the church in Corinth were very keen when they heard about this issue, heard about this famine, heard about this relief fund. The church in Corinth were like, yeah, we'll help out with that. Yeah, we'll be up for helping out with that. He says, last last year, you were the first who wanted to give. And you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. And interestingly, he says, give in proportion to what you have. So so he's saying, you know, all of us are different. We have different amounts. We give proportionally. That's why in church we we recommend the 10% that we give to the church because it's a proportionate amount. Some people will give more. Some people will give less. So we recognize that. But what Paul is trying to encourage the church in Corinth is you, you were so eager at the beginning, but you now need to match that eagerness with your giving now. And maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like me, where our heart is moved by a particular thing, or maybe you're, you're moved by this sermon to give, and you think, actually, I could give, but actually I could just wait until that feeling goes away, and then I don't have to give anything, and I don't feel guilty anymore. It's very easy to give in that moment, but if you just just wait a little bit, wait until maybe Wednesday, and that, I promise you that feeling will go away, and you won't have to worry about the sermon, or maybe what God's speaking to, to you. But actually, that doesn't really help anyone, and Paul's saying that to the church in Corinth, you being really eager at the beginning, that's not really helping, you need to be fulfilling what you promise now, and that's the third mind shift, from I'll give when, I'll give when I've got enough. I'll give when I'm in a more comfortable position. I'll give when I've got a better job to actually I'm going to give now. Because I want you to know and you to take on board that for every one of you and me, God, and I've said it before, wants to work in you and work through you. I don't want you to be limited in what God is able to do in your life. I don't want to be limited. And it's so easy just to put it off And then nothing ever happens. Nothing ever happens. I'd encourage you to give now. Just a couple of ways in which you might want to do that. Firstly, I think what can sometimes stop us from giving is we look at the needs around us, and these are just so great that we end up not doing anything. How can I help all these people? There's just too much I can't possibly give to all these people. Well, I love this, this uh, phrase. It says, do for one what you wish you could do for many. Do for one what you wish you could, be, could do for many. You may not be able to help 10 people, but you might be able to help just one. Pick an individual. Give them a, a gift. Make them a meal. There's lots of ways in which you can help someone at this cost of living crisis who maybe you know is struggling uh, a little bit. Do for one what you wish you could do. For many. And then secondly, there are I, I just think it's a really good idea to give money to the charities that are already helping people at this cost of living crisis. We've got a Churches for Holy Food Bank. 
I don't know if you know, but um, you know, we give donations of foods. There was a, uh, a drive here yesterday where people drive in and give donations. Um, but those donations are drying up a little bit, as you would expect from cost of living. We used to get lots of foods from like Tesco's and different supermarkets. That's drying up and has dried up for quite a while because the supermarkets got a little bit a lot tighter on their waist, so there's less food. So the food bank has to go to the online and do a shop, and they buy a shop just like you would for home for the people that come to give them free food. So they need money because they're still inflated food prices as we are. Maybe you want to give food, but maybe you want to give money to the churches for Holy Food Bank. And then it's not happening at the moment, but there's the Hawley Lions Wow campaign, Warm Over Winter, where they could actually help pay the bills, electricity and gas bills, for people who can't afford to do it. And it's, we've shared videos on this before, but that's something you might want to consider uh, giving to. But there's loads of other charities out there. Mind shift from our give when to our give now. So just to remind you, mind shift number one. We knew, move from not enough to more than enough. Mind shift number two, move from my resources to God's resources. And mind shift number three, I'll move from I'll give when to I'll give now. We're going to give you a moment to reflect some questions going to come up uh, on the screen. And just talk to God. And what is God saying to you uh, this morning? Are you guilty of having a not enough mindset? Are you willing to put your money where your mouth is when it comes to trusting God? What can you do in the next 24 hours to be generous? What's stopping you? say i hope you enjoyed that but i suppose it's perhaps um i hope you were challenged by that really yeah i think it's a challenge isn't it there's a lot in there um I, I, and i think the the big thing that hit me is that this thing about generosity is a mindset yes. um if you wait to if, if you wait till you got loads of money or you got some money um if that's your excuse for yeah, now yeah it might be still an excuse yeah. for later yeah, you, yeah you'll find that it, it's i think him saying it's sort of state of mind not how much you've got yeah yeah the um the the, the one line i remember which is the most ridiculous line perhaps is that generous people are generous people 
it's not yes. it's not yeah. wealthy people it's not poor people it's not yeah. generous people are <laughs> generous people which yeah. is obvious really but um and yeah, i think it's... that's the same with as we were talking earlier um about people who give their time give their yeah you know energy you know it's not necessarily always about because you know as as we said it's not necessarily what you've got materialistically wise you might not have a lot to give but actually you find that generous people will give what they've got anyway yeah um but also they give their time they're willing to spend time with people they're willing to be kind you know it's just yeah. that yeah. just generally yeah generous yeah. people are, are yeah. generous people yes yeah. I've, <laughs> I've got i've got this really silly little thing that, and I, i'm sure people just don't think but it's, it's when parking your car at church, mm. do you park either away around the street or do you park, you know, right at the corner of the car park or do you park right out the door? Because if, if you're... Mood, I mean. Well, exactly. Because <laughs> if you've been generous... <laughs> yes, you would park. You would let somebody who is maybe less able than yourself or just, just let anybody park there yeah. rather than having the... And, yeah. Um, and yeah, and we all just get in a rush and we just park. But it's just that sort of mindset, really. That stop actually, consideration, isn't it? Why yeah. should I have the best? Yeah. Why should I have the best? Why, you know, I could, you know, I'll park in the difficult place and let somebody else have the nice parking space. Yeah. And is that, that's a daft example. I know, but, it's a good... But and it's, it about, is, it's, but about it's about having it, that stop yeah. and consideration because I think often, like you just said, then we rush. So you've got stuff in the boot that you need to carry yeah, and yeah, you think, right, yeah. I just need to get into church. I'm running late. I just yeah. park the first available space. Actually, yeah. that's really near to the door, which is going to help me carry yeah. all the stuff yeah. in and then I leave it there. Yeah. So it's 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 usually not out of not being generous, but it's out of lack of consideration yeah. and yeah. thought and actually taking that pause to go, hang on a minute, I could carry this from the yeah. corner of the car park. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's just, it, it is that mindset. You know, it's, it's, it's when you were kids and there was, you know, the nice cake and the little cake. And all kids take the big cake. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and, and is, that, is that joke that goes, well, if I ask the other person, what would they do? They'd let me have the nice one. So I've just taken what, yeah. what, what, but it is that. My, my children are always very disappointed. So if this is the last sausage roll, for example, and we've got people around for dinner and you're trying to teach them manners and you say, you know, they're like that to the sausage roll. I want that. I don't want my siblings to have it. I want it. And then they're like, but we've got guests. And they do that whole like, would anybody else like a large sausage, last sausage roll? And they clearly don't mean, but they know they've got to ask the question. Martin will usually go, yeah, I will. <laughs> and they'll be like, I was trying to be polite, but I really didn't want to ask the question. So it's really funny. And it's, and it's that whole like nice cake thing. They're hoping that everybody will see the, the, the puppy dog eyes. Yeah. Like, please don't take the large sausage roll. I want it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So it is funny, isn't it? But but we get lots of those things every day where if we have the mindset of being generous, it hasn't got to be giving a thousand pounds. It yeah. can just be the, the little small thing, we let the person on the bus have the seat. We yeah. you know, whatever it is, is if we can get that mindset that we'll let somebody else have the seat on the bus or we'll let somebody else have the car parking space, then which I think does go talk it, it's really rare actually yeah so when when i'm sort of like for example if i'm on the i don't like to travel into london have to be honest but if i go on the train and obviously there's somebody who needs the seat for me i get up and i go oh, oh are you sure no because yeah. it's yeah. not the norm anymore no. and so it's it's really weird isn't it because actually that generosity is yeah. actually yeah. quite rare now yeah um it's but yeah. it's when i'm standing up and somebody offers me the seat because they feel like i need it then you're kind of thinking mm, yeah, that yeah. Insult? <laughs> do you think i'm either pregnant or very old and i'm incapable I'm not sure which one that is. No, but it's about, yeah, I think it's about those little things you can do that 
shows generosity and actually in these days and ages it can be quite rare yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of there was a movement wasn't there about paying for the coffee for the person behind you yeah or, yeah, yeah yeah there's lots of little things like so the, so one of the questions was um what can you do in the next 24 hours to be generous and what's stopping, stopping you? you my guess what's stopping you is wait to wednesday is yeah <laughs> wait till wednesday then we forget it but it is mindset and yeah. if if we look for and it hasn't got to be i'll give a thousand pounds to we may yeah. not have a thousand pounds but it might just be i'll let somebody else do something before me and yeah. if we can get that mindset right um i was yeah. chatting to somebody in the middle of the week who came up with a theory that generous people are happy people yeah. you can't be generous and not be happy unless you're doing it because begrudgingly you think yeah. you should do it. Yes, yes. <laughs> Which is but, 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 but if you're being generous and, and, and we had, had a bit of a discussion about it, and his theory was is that if nice things happen to you, you're happy. If nice things happy happen to the person you're being generous to, then you're likely to be twice as happy because you're happy for yourself and you're happy yeah. for them. And I think uh, it's like a bit like when you give a gift. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's nice to receive a gift. But actually giving a gift and seeing the joy on somebody yeah, else's face yeah, fills you with more yeah, happiness. Yeah. So here is a challenge. Think of somebody who you know is generous and then ask yourself, are they a happy person? It's a theory. It's not, it's, 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 it's an interesting one. You want to study. I would, you want I would, to write this study I up. would suggest that, <laughs> that miserly people tend to be miserable. Mm. So there's, there's the counter argument. If, you, you if you're a person who wants it himself. But, uh, but they might so, not know that. No. They might think they're perfectly happy. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, that's so that's it. So if you've got questions on any of the, any of the um, the series, um, two things. One is um, please email us at gotquestions at holybaptist.org.uk and somebody will reply. Yeah. So comment or question or whatever if you want to know more about Holy Food Bank or anything anything like that that's come out of this series. Um, the cap person you know christians against poverty and money management who will be on going deeper yeah later. and that's the other thing is <laughs> is, is if if you have been challenged um or you got questions then um yeah email or join us at eight o'clock this evening and um put your thoughts and comments and we'd yeah so like we've got the you. chat running today as we are live there'll be a live stream chat going on whilst it's going deeper yeah. so you can ask questions there and they will try and yeah. discuss them and answer them they might not answer them but they might just discuss them which will help relieve yeah. some answers out there. yeah so yeah. good, yeah. So think about yes. something you can do in the next twenty-four hours to be generous. It might just be small, but it's get that mindset of being generous in some way to somebody. That was today's episode of Holy Baptist Church podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus. Hopefully, a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us, gotquestions at holybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Holy Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Holy Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Holy Baptist Church podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time. Thank you.